0: Okay, so we're in um, topical study of the book of Proverbs, and uh, I started off talking about authority, and of course the authority that I spoke of was the greatest authority of all, and that is the, the authority of the Lord God Almighty who ruleth in the heavens. And but um, there's other authority as well, authority that God has ordained on earth, and that's man's authority, and that's what we're going to get ready to talk about um, a little bit about today. We're going to start talking about man's authority. Now the verse up here, Proverbs four twenty through twenty three says, uh, "My son, attend to my words; incline thine ear unto my sayings; let them not depart from thine eyes." Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So the first landmark of life that grapples with these issues of life uh, concerns one's heart attitude towards authority. Towards authority, uh, whether one acknowledges God's authority in your life or not, uh, or you only hold to man's authority, uh, we, we all are under some form of authority. Uh, whether we like it or not, we are. We're all under some, so- some form of authority. But the rub of the matter is that um, we all come from a rebellious stock. Right, Uh, All of us have that rebel without a cause in our heart. And so sometimes certain issues of authority, when we come head to head with it, uh, instead of maybe submitting, we butt heads with authority or we rebel against authority or we don't agree with authority. And so uh, authority can be a very controversial thing. Now, for those of us who are born again believers in Jesus Christ that endeavor to walk in the light as he is in the light, Uh, We want to cultivate a biblical attitude in regards to authority Especially the Lord's authority, but also the authority that God has ordained which is man's authority And uh, the first thing we have to settle and that's why I spent a couple of weeks on it The first thing we have to settle in our heart is is the Lord is our authority his word is our authority And so that's the first thing that we need to settle and then follows man's authority Now something else that about us us who, who are uh, believers in Jesus Christ, we have an edge over the lost man. Anybody have any idea what that edge is that we have that uh, the lost man does not have? Any guesses? There you go, the Holy Spirit that 's exactly right, we have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within us, so it 's not a question so much of um, of uh, being incapable of submitting. Uh, we now have the uh the ability to choose to submit or to yield, right We have that ability to choose to submit or to or to yield uh, romans six eleven Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. You see, the lost man can't help himself. That's, that's just the way he operates. He operates off of that sin nature. But now that we have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us, we have that ability to just say no, right? I, used to, I think that used to be a... Uh, a slogan at one time he says here neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God for sin shall not have dominion over you for ye are not under the law but under grace but because of God's grace sin no longer has dominion over you unless we allow it And that's a remarkable thing. That's a remarkable thing. Unlike the lost man who does not have the Holy Spirit of God, he can't help himself. That's all he can do. That's all he can do. But yet the believer in Jesus Christ, who is baptized in the Spirit and dwelt by the Spirit of God, he now has that ability to yield himself, submit himself unto God's authority, as we see in his word. Um, So, uh, something else that we talked about, uh, Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Later on we read that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so the fear of the Lord, our attitude toward God is crucial, it's important. And sometimes folks get the wrong, wrong idea about, you know, fearing God as though, you know, we need to tremble in his presence as though, you know, he, you know he's, he's there ready to smack us with a big stick if we if we go wrong. But that's not, that's not what the fear of the Lord is all about. In fact, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10 verses 12 through 14, when Moses was exhorting the people, he said, he says, And now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God... To walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. So when you fear God, that means you love God. You love God so much that you wish to please him. You wish to worship him. You wish to serve him. Uh, Just like, you know, your dad. You, You know, you love your father. Your earthly father that you want to please him. I remember uh, when uh, my um, kids were little, um, they wanted to be around mom and dad all the time. In fact, I had a son of mine that whenever I worked on the car, like changing the oil or anything, he was right there in the middle of it. And I mean, he was just a little guy. And and one day I saw him and I had just changed the oil. So I had the uh, oil pan set off to the side. And I think he was like uh, four or five years old. But I saw him take his hands and get in the oil pan and just cover the palms of his hands with oil. So I asked him, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And he said, well, you've got oil on your hands, and I wanted to be like you. Now, of course, he's gotten older, and that's no longer, <laughs> I don't know, I'm just kidding. But, you know, that's, that's, that's our attitude to our Father, right? That's our attitude to our Heavenly Father. We, we love Him, we fear Him. And that's just not an Old Testament sentiment. It's also a New Testament sentiment. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, then he's going to disobey and not keep my word. Is that what it says? No, it says, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he hears is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, the way you show that love is by keeping his words. By keeping his words. So that's that's the fear of the Lord. That's the fear of the Lord. I heard one man say that the lost man sins against the law of God, while the born-again believer sins against the love of God. And I think that, I think there's some truth to that because we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God and the word grieve is a, is a relational term because you can never grieve somebody who doesn't love you, right? So when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we're actually sinning against His love and we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Uh, so... Um, So what uh, Proverbs 4.23 says in fearing the Lord is that we love him, are wholly devoted to him, uh, we honor his word, we esteem his word, and so therefore we want to please him by keeping his word. By keeping his word. Now, um, as Bible believers, uh, going on talking about man's authority, uh, we learn that through the Bible that all authority on earth is, is ordained by God and is ultimately subject to his authority. Romans 13, 1, as example, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that that be are ordained of God. Um, Now, um, these powers are subjected to God, and sometimes we might question this in our reasoning, because um, quite frankly... Uh, The powers that are ordained of God, of man's authority, quite frankly, mankind sometimes is a very, very poor steward of that authority that has been given to them by God. In fact, um, more often than not, uh, more than we care to think about, um, human leaders take this authority, abuse this authority, and perpetrate all sorts of wickedness on their fellow men because of that authority. Now, does this mean that God's not in control? Does this mean that God's not sovereign? No, it does not mean that at all. Uh, Believe me, God watches that. God sees that. And how many times have we read in the Bible, how many times have we seen in history... That when a particular wicked ruler reaches the fullness of their sin, God doesn't step in and apply justice, apply wrath. It happens. It happens all the time. So we should be encouraged that God... In fact, in the book of Daniel, just reading through the book of Daniel, that, that truth of God being the ruler... Uh, is, is, is emphasized throughout the book of Daniel I mean uh, he sees that vi- the, Nebuchadnezzar sees that vision of all of these kingdoms and what eventually happens to all those kingdoms well the king of kings shows up right strikes those kingdoms in the clay, iron and clay feet and the whole thing comes collapsing down and in the picture of the stone not cut out with hands what happens to that stone what 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 occurs It becomes a mighty mountain that covers the face of the earth. You know who that is? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. One of these days, he's going to rule and reign. He's going to rule and reign. Uh, The Apostle Paul, in writing to Timothy, who was experiencing uh, stiff opposition and persecution, he said to him in 1 Timothy 6.14, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he will show who is the blessed and only potentate, the king of kings and lord of lords one of these days Jesus is going to show who really is the boss one of these days one of these days so, in spite of what we witness in the earthly scene of politics and governance, uh, what we see as far as the authority in, a, in society and civili- civilization at large, uh, you know we see the encroaching darkness, we see the corruption of the government taking place uh, that will one day envelop this 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 world. I want you to know. those of us who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are on the winning side. And no amount of mail-in ballots is going to change that fact. Okay? So we need to keep faith. Keep the faith in regards to Jesus Christ uh, and his sovereignty. I like what the book of Jude says, because Jude was written right before Revelations. And Jude wrote in his epistle, verse 20, he says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spited by the flesh. That should be our attitude of heart as we see these encroaching dark days coming. Keep ourselves in the love of God. How do we do that? By heeding his word. By obeying his word. Right? Um... Keep yourselves in love, God. Looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got a glorious tomorrow. We have a blessed hope. And what should we be about doing? Pulling as many as we can out of the fire. Pulling as many as we can out of the fire. That's what we need to be occupied with. That's what we need to be occupied with. Not who's sitting in Washington but pulling folks out of the fire. Pulling folks out of the fire. So let's consider <clears throat> the authority of men as ordained by God. As you read, as you read through the book of Proverbs, what I, well I should say, as I've read through the book of Proverbs, I have seen um, man's authority under four titles. Parents, government, masters, and instructors. Okay? And we're going to talk about each of those. The first one I want to talk about is the parents. Is the parents. I think most of us in here are parents. With the exception of the younger folks and uh, and Ron. But most of us are parents. Have been parents. But I will say this. Unless you're really special, most of us have had parents. Raise your hand if you have not had a parent. Shoo, I'm glad. Okay, good. Nobody raise their hand. Uh, a lot is said about parents in, in the book of Proverbs. A lot is said about the authority of parents. A lot, of, a lot, a lot more is said <clears throat> about honoring one's parents. In fact, a lot more in Proverbs is said about honoring one's parents uh, than actual actual parenthood, I guess would be a good word to say it. And so from Proverbs chapter 1 all the way to Proverbs 31, uh, we constantly come across something about parents or the children's relationship to parents or the parents' relationship to ch- children. Now let me ask you a, a question. In your lifetime, what was the very first authority you were exposed to? Mom and dad, right? That's the very first authority any of us come in contact with, whether it's biological parents or... Uh, adopted parents or foster par- parents, it's the parents that are the very first authority that we come in contact with in fact if you look at like in Exodus 20 of the Ten Commandments the first four commandments deal with with God worshiping God, honoring God, respecting God, obeying God, so forth and so on then the, the uh, there's ten of them right so that would make six, six left so the next six are dealing with our relationship with men. The very first commandment that deals with our relationship as with men is honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. That's the very first commandment following all of those commandments dealing with worshiping and respecting and honoring God. So that tells me that God considers this important, right? Very important. Honoring mom and dad. Now is that just an Old Testament thing? No, it's also a New Testament thing. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and thou mightest live long on the earth. Not only is it the first commandment in our relationship with men, but it's also the first commandment that has a promise attached to it. A blessing attached to it. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. All right, if you want to please God, and that's what we want to do, one of the ways that we can please God is to honor our parents. Whether you are a child or an adult, if you want to please God, then you honor your parents. You honor your parents. Ephesians exhorts the children to obey their parents Uh, That is to heed their commands Listen to their instruction as they mature in the household As they mature in the household And then Ephesians exhorts the children to honor their parents First obey, then follows honor And to me they're very closely linked Hand in glove kind of thing Uh, To honor is to esteem them, to respect them, to respect them. Um, The Lord Jesus Christ, he did. The Lord Jesus Christ obeyed his folks. The Lord Jesus Christ honored his folks. Luke 2.51, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. He was obedient to his parents. He submitted himself to their authority. Uh, John chapter 2, 3 through 7. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? That's not a slam. He says, What do you need, Mom? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there three set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He honored his mom. And that was the first miracle that he prefer, that he performed. John 19.25 Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his home. Even on the cross, he honored his mom. And he put her into the care of the apostle John so all through his life Jesus honored his mom now does this mean that he uh, always obeyed his mom no because you remember that time when they came and they wanted to see him and they wanted to his brethren wanted to take him away because they thought he was beside himself did Jesus say okay mom I'll, I'll do as you say no he didn't he used it as, a, as an example. He said, those who follow me are my, I'll paraphrase it, my family. My mom, my brothers, my sisters. Because you see, and we'll talk about this. You see, there's a transition that takes place, that must take place. From childhood to adulthood in the relationship with the mom and the dad. In childhood, you should obey. But when you're an adult, right, you honor. You honor. There's a difference. There's a transition that takes place. Some moms and dads have a hard time dealing with that. They have a hard time letting go and letting their children become adults. So the Lord honored his parents. Honored his mother after Joseph's death, all the way up to his death, up up to his death on the cross. And again, once the son or daughter reaches adulthood, then this dynamic changes from obedience to respect, to honor, to respect and to honor. That's what Genesis 3.23 talks about. And Adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. If mom and dad has done their um, duty in raising their children they want their children to Go out and be mature adults in life. And allow them to follow their example, hopefully, in raising their own children, in raising them up into adults. I know that makes sense, doesn't it? But people wrestle with that. People really struggle with that concept. Now, does that mean that the married son and daughter poo-poo everything mom and dad says? No, I think that would be foolish. Mom and dad have got the experience, especially if they're a godly couple, they've walked with the Lord, then I think that the... Married son and daughter or the adult son and daughter would be foolish not to listen to what mom and dad has to say. That's showing respect. That's showing honor. You may not always agree with it. You know, my dad, he's he's given me some good advice and then he's given me some advice that doesn't really apply. If I don't take that advice that doesn't apply, does that mean I don't honor my dad? No, it does not. I simply explain to him, well, that's that's good advice, but in this situation, it doesn't apply, and here's how it doesn't apply. And he sees it. He understands it. But you would be wise to listen to your parents. Because what is the old saying? They've been around the block a few times. Right? And they've seen things you have yet to see. Now, your older folks, I'm hoping somebody says amen. Is that true or not? Sure, it's true. Sure, it's true. As I said, the ideal is if the parents have performed their role as parents, then that child will grow into adulthood honoring and respecting mom and dad. I think that's part of the exhortation that Paul said in Colossians 3.21. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Uh, Sadly, there are some parents out there that... um, I want to be kind. They're not good parents. And they do provoke their children to anger and they do discourage their kids you know it's like they never their kids never measure up or their kids never this or that and it just goes on and on and on I'm going to be I'm guilty of that I've done that a few times I've done that a few times I'm guilty of that I'm not perfect I'm not perfect uh, it happens you get frustrated, or maybe yourself you don 't know it happens, but even still the, the the child rather adult or child, should honor their mom and dad and Unfortunately, there are some folks who do, they, they don 't honor the mom and dad, even if mom and dad 's a good mom and dad. Even if mom and dad's a good mom and dad, Jesus had to confront this uh, among the religious leader, uh, among the religious of his day, who were not honoring their parents to meet their needs. Matthew fifteen four, for God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God, and none effect by your tradition. Unfortunately, there are adult children that do not respect mom and dad. There are adult children that um, don't want to be bothered by mom and dad. That is reality. That 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 happens. Now, come on, guys. We know life. Uh, there are sad situations in which the adult children do the best they can to take care of elderly mom and dad. But sometimes, what happens is it becomes too much for that for them. They don't have the the means they don 't have the medical skill they don 't have what it is needed to give mom and dad you know that quality life that they want and i 've been with uh, folks who agonize over choosing a care facility, and I prayed with folks about you know choosing a care facility to place their mom or their dad because they 've just gotten to the place physically and mentally, and that as much as they want to they simply can't care for mom and dad anymore and I prayed with folks on that matter and, and, and have assisted in, their, in that decision and that's a, that's a heavy decision but sometimes that is required and some of the, and some of the folks that I prayed with and, and counseled with they were wonderful They visited mom and dad while they are in the home. They tried to involve mom and dad as much as possible in the holidays and the birthdays. They were very good. Even though mom and dad were in this facility, they were very good. They showed honor and respect to mom and dad by trying to involve them as much as they possibly could in life and family. But is that always the case? I've been to care facilities where mom and dad have not been visited by their children for not days, not months years years as if mom and dad has just been forgotten and I have sat with many of these elderly people as they wept because of the callousness of their own children and forgetting their own parent in these homes. Is that showing respect? Is that honoring mom and dad? It happens and the point is not that the system's broke, they're doing the best they can. What's the real issue? It's the heart attitude. It's the heart attitude. That's the real issue. There wouldn't be a problem with the system if the heart attitude was right. Honor mom and dad. From chapter one to chapter 31 in Proverbs, a part of the wisdom and understanding and knowledge uh, concerns the dynamic of a child honoring their parents. Uh, I counted through and I stopped counting when I reached over 50. Over 50 times this dynamic is addressed in the book of Proverbs. Over 50 times this dynamic of the child honoring the parents and the parents dealing with the children uh, is mentioned. And, And so I love the book of Proverbs because to me the book of Proverbs is what I call a springboard into the pool of truth. You know what a springboard is? Yeah, it's that diving board that people get on and jump up and down in, and then they hurl themselves out into space and then into the water. That's what the book of Proverbs to me is like. It's a springboard. You get to bouncing up and down on some of these verses, and then you launch out into the deep pool of God's truth. There's a lot of comparative verses. Those who honor their parents contrasted with those that, that do not honor their parents. So, um, flex your Bibles up. I want you to look at these. Okay, first one Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 1. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 1. Proverbs chapter 10 is the chapter that begins the practical aspect of the book of Proverbs. The first nine chapters are kind of uh, allegorical in a way. But uh, chapter 10 is is, is where it begins with the practical application to life. And look, the very first verse of the practical application of life. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. So right off the bat, a wise son maketh a glad father. And a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Turn to Proverbs 13.1. A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Do you know why a scorner doesn't hear rebuke? Because he thinks he knows it all. He doesn't think mom and dad know what they're talking about. Proverbs 15.20 Proverbs 15.20 A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. When you despise your mom, you're a fool according to scriptures. And then one more, Proverbs 17:25. Proverbs 17:25. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. Grief. Remember that relational word? Grief to his father and bitterness to her that that bear him. I wouldn't wish this on anybody. But I think one of the greatest heartaches that happens to a parent is to have a wayward child who chooses to reject the parent's godly instruction and goes down that Path of the prodigal—that is heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking—and the and the and the son or the daughter indeed despises the mother, and is a grief to the father. It's a it's a it's a burden. And my heart always goes out to parents who have to carry the weight of a rebellious child. Because I've been through it. And I was one. I was one. I caused my mom and dad great grief. I wouldn't wish that on my enemy. And notice that a wise son is one who respects, honors, obeys, while a foolish son or a scorner doesn't. So in the word of God, a man or a woman or a boy or a girl who honors mom and dad, in God's eyes, is wise. (laughs) Because that is, that's a smart way to go. In spite of what the world tries to tell you. That's just a smart way to go. And I'll say something else. Uh, Blessed is the son and daughter who have godly parents that seek to follow the Lord the best they can. I think sometimes kids who are raised in church who've got godly parents who are trying to serve God I think sometimes kids in church take that for granted and they don't realize what they have in having godly parents who are seeking God's will in their life and they take them for granted that's not smart that's not smart Proverbs 1631 says, the hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. The word hoary, that's white. Like you've heard of hoar frost. It's that white frost that sometimes you have to scrape off your windshield <laughs> or is on the grass. See, that's what that's what you and I want. And I'm speaking, you know, to the to the folks of my age. Even to the younger folks, you want to grow up, you know, being a crown of glory, being wise, being righteous. Proverbs 17.6 says, Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. Again, young people, if you've got godly parents who are serving the Lord... Look at them as a glory, not something to be despised or ashamed of. And then, of course, Proverbs has verses in there speaking about discipline and instruction. You know, Proverbs gets a bad rap by the old world, it really does. For instance, Proverbs 13:24, he that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. I don't know how many times I've read that the Bible teaches child abuse. No it doesn't. No it doesn't. Proverbs 19:18, chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. been there you have to administer the love paddle to a disobedient bottom and don't they plead I'll never do it again I promise don't whip me don't you haven't you ever heard that you see the world takes that and they imagine all sorts of awful things um To me, it's, and I'm going to get into this, I don't have time right now, but I'm going to get into it. To me, if you withhold discipline and correction to a child that needs it, you're really doing them more harm than good. You really are. You may think that you're loving them by not correcting their bad behavior. But in reality, you're not. If you let them go on in that way, that's only going to cause them greater trouble when they get older. There's exhortations from the father and mother To their children to heed godly instruction and forsake those who would lure them away from the path of the just. Proverbs 19.27 he says cease my son to hear the instruction that causes to err from the words of knowledge you know what my experience has been when a young person starts going astray more often than not they go astray because of what someone has said to them contrary to what mom and dad has taught them, what is right and wrong it's that old ploy yea, hath God said I mean, I, I, I look back at my own life and that's the way it worked in my own life I had certain friends enticed me by their words on a way I should not have gone I've seen it in my own children's lives they start listening to folks who really don't have their best interest at heart and they listen to those folks and they end up getting themselves in all sorts of predicaments and trouble I've always told my kids, it's important who you choose as your friends. It's important who you choose as your friends. It's like that old saying, what is it, birds of a feather flock together. So who you choose as your friend is extremely important. Proverbs 23 19 Hear thou my son and be wise and guide thy heart in the way Be not among wine bibbers among riotous eaters of flesh for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags Hearken unto thy father that begat thee and despise not thy mother when she is old See that's what happened to me I fell into a group of individuals that they like to party They like to party. And I bought into it. And I bought into it. But isn't that the heart of every parent? They want their children to use discretion in regards to who they hang out with. Because we as older folks, we've been there. We know. We know. And hasn't this been the source of grief to a lot of parents That their son or daughter becomes entangled with people that really don't have their best interests at heart. And you can see the the negative influence that it's having in their lives. And you see them going down a certain path. And you try to warn them and you try to exhort them, don't go that way, don't go that way. But they do anyway. Or, uh, let's see, I'm really stepping on ten ice here. When it comes to choosing a life partner in marriage, how many times has it happened that mom and dad see something in the young lady or the young man? They try to warn their child, mm, there's some red flags here. But, um,. In some of the old, some of the old myths, they always they always painted Cupid blind, and that's where the saying comes from: "Love is blind," because oh, but Daddy, I love him. I just love him, love him, love him, love him, love him, love him. Love him, love him. But he's a jerk. Oh, but Dad, you don't understand. I love him. And then what happens? Yeah, you end up getting into a marriage with a person who's mean-spirited or narcissistic or abusive or whatever. It happens. So the book of Proverbs there's there's strong emphasis of raising children with the proper heart attitude concerning authority and this uh, uh, instruction this training uh, begins in the home it has to begin in the home uh, Proverbs 1, eight says my son hear the instruction of thy father forsake not the law of thy mother for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck now the chains about that neck we're not talking servitude <laughs> okay If you remember in the book of Daniel, that was one of the rewards that uh, uh, was going to be given to Daniel if he could interpret the the writing on the wall. That's that's a a mark of honor and esteem. And for a child to honor mom and dad, in spite of what the world says, that's a mark of esteem. I remember a boy uh, in uh, high school, good kid. In fact, this kid uh, grew up to be a pastor and now he's a, he's a good friend of ours. But I remember a little bit about this this guy. And he was made fun of in school by the other high schoolers. You know, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes and so forth and so on. And But he had it right. Looking back on it, the guy had it right. He, he respected mom and dad. He didn't get involved himself with certain things. And but yet he, he got all this grief, and this is fact. Some of the fellas that I hung out with, who gave this guy grief, are dead today because of the lifestyle they choose. They chosen. They cut their lives short because of the lifestyle they chose died of overdose. A couple of them died of suicide. Proverbs twenty-three, twenty-six says, My son, give me thine heart, and let thy eyes observe my ways. Mom and dad, I'm telling you, it's vital that you set the example. And I'm coming down hard because I'm coming down hard on me. I'm coming down hard on me. I've got a tribe. (laughs) I've got like 15 grandchildren. And uh, there's a joke in the family with my youngest granddaughter uh, she thinks i 'm the most interesting man in the world because she 's always watching me you know whenever i 'm doing whatever i 'm doing she 's just always observing that 's sobering that 's sobering you know you may not think about it, but your kids watch they they watch you they listen to you. They listen to you. So I'm going to have to stop there. So an exhortation to the parents. I've got a lot more to say, obviously. But an exhortation to the parents, to the grandparents. This world desperately needs to see godly examples. This world desperately needs to see moms and dads that are living the faith. live the faith be that example be that glory to your children none of us are perfect we've all made mistakes, we've all failed but we can end our race well by being faithful by being faithful Lord God in heaven, we come to you because we need you. We need you in our life. We need you in the way we think. We need you in the the words we speak. We need you in our daily walk. We need you in those times we get frustrated. We need you in those times where uh, we may be even off our guard a little bit. We always, always need you. Help us, Lord God, to set the example. Be the model. Be that most interesting person in the world uh, to our grandchildren, to our children. And I pray, Father in heaven, that you would help us, Father, to be able to uh, pass on our faith uh, to those closest to us. Uh, Help us, Lord God, to be faithful, run our race well to the end. Because not only are there witnesses in heaven, but there's also witnesses on earth. We thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen.